Hi, and welcome to Women of Substance. I'm Dr. Scarlett Horton, and I'm so glad that you're listening today. I know that you'll be glad, too, because the Word of God, it builds us up and gives us an inheritance in Christ Jesus. So anytime we're around the Word, whether it's through music or teaching or just reflecting ourselves by reading the Word and meditating on it, it helps us so much in our life, gives us so much strength. So I know that you'll gain a lot of strength today. And we're going to continue to talk about women of substance. Um, I really formed this ministry because the Lord spoke to me years ago about the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. And and when you look up the word virtuous, it means powerful. It means wealthy. It means a woman of substance. And when I heard that, when I saw that, I thought, I'm going to have a ministry uh, called Women of Substance and minister to women in in any way that I can, and uh, especially through interviewing other women of substance, and then uh, through teaching and preaching the word. So here we are today, and I'm going to just do some teaching myself to you. And I know, again, that uh, you'll have just some new uh, revelation and new knowledge about what God has for you in your life. So let's look at Ruth. Today, we're going to talk about Ruth. And um of course, uh, you know, it's interesting that religion, and I believe even demons kind of get involved in uh, discounting women ministers and women in ministry. And, uh, you know, the devil wants to cut down on the laborers because the Bible says the laborers are few. So if you cut out women preachers, then uh, you're going to cut out a lot of laborers, uh, not even uh, counting the ministry of helps and all the things that women do in churches and ministries all across the globe. So we don't want to yield to the enemy and the devil trying to twist scripture and say that women aren't as important as men or can't stand in the Bible ministry offices, etc. So when I was thinking about the book of Ruth, I thought if God was so against women, why would he name uh, this book Ruth? Why wouldn't he change it to something else and talk about something else if he didn't think women were that important? Why did he name Esther, you know, the book of Esther and focus on her life? I I think God loves women and I think that uh, he's for women. And I think Jesus was the great liberator of women. And you see his uh, love and respect and honor for women all through the New Testament. And so, uh, again, I want to encourage you because some of us uh, have grown up in religious churches, backgrounds that perhaps taught against women in one shape, form or another. And um, that's simply not the heart of God. He loves women. He loves men. He loves children. He loves humanity, all of us. And uh, he wants to use us um, and call us into his service and whatever that might be. It's not always a pulpit ministry, but yet God can use you mightily and very significantly. So don't let the devil discourage you. Um, so this book of Ruth is so interesting to me, and I've always enjoyed teaching it. And we're going to start just I'm not going to read the whole book. It's just four chapters. and. Boy, did she have a lot going on in her life that a lot of turnaround in four chapters. Um, but so we're just going to hit the highlights here, but we're going to uh, talk about her mother-in-law, Naomi. And of course, Naomi had uh, gone through some uh, horrible tragedy and Ruth had too. actually, she, they lost their uh, husbands. Um, 
Naomi lost her husband and two sons. And then, of course, uh, the two daughter-in-laws lost their husband. So there had been death and uh, tragedy there. And, you know, people go through things. I mean, it's uh, not always just flowery beds of ease when you are even uh, serving God. There are challenges. There are um, uh, hurdles and things that the devil, a lot of opposition at times that, you know, make us hurt, <laughs> make us um, uh, even sometimes very discouraged, even to the point sometimes of wanting to quit, to give up. But I'm telling you today, you can be encouraged by this teaching because these women didn't give up. And uh, Naomi decided to move back to Bethlehem and told her daughter-in-laws to go back to their people to stay with their people, which they were Moabites, pagan religion. And uh, Ruth said, no, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to cleave to you, Naomi. And uh, this is what is so powerful to me. Chapter one, verse 16. And Ruth said this, she said this to Naomi, entreat me not to leave thee or return to following after thee for whither thou goest, I will go whither uh, where you lodge, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people and thy God, my God. Now, I think that is the most important statement in this whole book. My God, uh, your God is going to be my God. In other words, I have chosen God now, the, the real God, not the pagan God. And so when she said that, she was instantly releasing her faith to be a covenant person with God. And she made it very personal. She said, your God is going to be my God. Um, and then things just started moving along pretty quickly then in their lives. And I'm telling you, when you choose God and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, this is Old Testament, but we can learn some things here. But when you choose Jesus, you know, those covenant rights of redemption, that he bought and paid for on Calvary. He paid for your spiritual life. He paid for your physical healing. He paid for your provision from, uh, thank God, deliverance from anxiety, depression, all kind of mental anguish. He paid it all for us. And, uh, what, what a, a picture of his love and his grace and his mercy. Um, but she, she, you know, really entered into a new family here, not just the family of, um, Boaz, et cetera, but, but the family of God. And it made such a difference. Look at chapter two, verse one. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth. Now notice here, you get in covenant with God and here comes wealth. Here comes riches. Here comes the glory of God. And there are riches. In glory, there's provision, abundance in God. And so here is um, God setting up some amazing financial blessing for Ruth and for Naomi. So uh, she did some gleaning. You know, she went to the field, got the ears of corn and was noticed by Boaz. And then, you know, it says that... Um, uh, verse two, chapter two, I shall find grace. She, she knew how to operate by faith, declaring things. She said, I shall find grace. And she did. She found grace and that unmerited favor of God on her life. And so before you know it, um, 
in chapter three, Naomi is giving her instructions um, of what the next steps are for her to um, be blessed and be even to get married. So let's look at chapter three and look at verse 10. And he said, this is uh, Boaz talking to Ruth. Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, insomuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. She wasn't a man chaser. She wasn't chasing after trying to, you know, find somebody poor or rich. I mean, it's, you know, interesting how I don't know how many people go after poor people, but a lot of women I know <laughs> try to find rich people, but she didn't do that. You know, she's serving the Lord, serving her family, her, uh, and here, this, at this instance, her, uh, mother-in-law and concentrating really on, um, what she needs to be doing as a person and, and instead of, um, you know, being a silly or foolish woman. And he recognized that. Look at verse 11. And now my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Now that's the only time in the Bible, except for Proverbs 31, that the word virtuous is used in reference to a person. And the interesting fact, too, about this is, you know, but the Proverbs 31 woman was married. She had children, uh, businesses. Um, you know, she was in merchandising. She was in advertising. She was and it's just amazing what all uh, that she had going on. But this lady here was a widow. She was single and they weren't doing so well financially. I think they had one plot of land that they were trying to sell. But uh, here, you know, they're gathering food behind the uh, harvesters. And um, I, I thought about that word virtuous. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that all your ducks are in a row and that you're so, um, you know, even on the outside, so powerful and, uh, you know, shows so much wealth and, and um, all these wonderful things happening ex- externally <laughs> necessarily. Now, I think that if you begin to operate in God's virtue and his power, then these kind of things will eventually work themselves out from your spirit being. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the glory will be seen. Um, but the neat part about this is that if you're single If you're, you know, you don't have to be married to be a virtuous woman. You don't have to have children to be a virtuous woman. And you don't have to be just manifesting all kind of wealth and bank accounts and all kinds of stuff to be a virtuous woman. If you have the Lord in your heart, if you have Jesus in your heart, you are a virtuous woman. And the more you think about that and the more you meditate on that and the more you realize uh, the benefits of all that, then those manifestations will start coming. If you want to get married, God will certainly provide a husband for you. If you want to have children, praise God, he'll help you. Um, And I have to give a testimony uh, about that too, because my daughter, my oldest daughter, when she got married, they uh, were tested and they said, y'all won't ever be able to have children. 
And so she said, you know, mother, I got a scripture from the Bible that says there's none barren in the land. And she said, I just, you know, that's a simple scripture. That's not anything really uh, complex or, you know, deep. (laughs) But, But she said, I just started saying that we're not barren because there's none barren in the land. And uh, before long, of course, she had a wonderful little girl. And then a year later, she had another wonderful little girl. And um, these were wonderful childbirths that, uh, you know, that uh, she didn't have to have fertilization, anything done. God moved on them. And, you know, he will do that for you, too, if you're struggling in that area. Um I, I love this that Boaz said, all the city, all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Praise God. And I believe that we can put our name in there and say we're virtuous too. Hallelujah. Now let's move along. Um, we see that uh, Naomi gave her instructions and she obeyed. And, you know, I think that is just, let me stop here for a minute too. I think that's a wonderful um, key to success is let the elder or the older women mentor you. Uh, the Bible says that in uh, the New Testament, and it says the older women should teach the younger women how to love their husbands, how to love their children, you know, and, and all these things that we gain from the word and from experience over the years, it is very helpful to not cut off people in your life that could really help you because of their experience. And, um, you know, it's called humility. When you humble yourself and ask uh, someone questions or, or even talk to them maybe about some problems you have and listen to what they have to say, Uh, especially women who know the Lord, who pray because Naomi knew exactly what needed to be done. And uh, because uh, Ruth, you know, Ruth could have said, well, I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> but she didn't. She did. She obeyed her mother-in-law. And then I love this. This is the last chapter of Ruth, verse 13. This is Ruth 4, 13. It says, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her and the Lord caused her to conceive. And she bore a son. And then it says, not only was this just a wonderful blessing for Ruth, but in verse 15 also, Naomi was blessed. And the Bible says, and may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher and a supporter in your old age. God wants you nourished and supported in your old age. And uh, uh grandchildren just have a way of doing that. So. Uh, he, she, she's blessed with this baby and, um, then of course to have a daughter-in-law like, uh, Ruth. And it says that your daughter-in-law is better, uh, to you than seven sons. <laughs> that's a lot of sons, right? So that's a, a, a wonderful testimony of Ruth and uh, her love and her strength and, um, uh, I believe that all goes back to being a virtuous woman and she became virtuous. Remember when she chose God, your God will be my God. 
Now let's look at the last part here. Uh, we see that Obed was born and he um, was the grandfather of David. So here Ruth is, you know, you might think, well, that was Ruth and she's famous and she's wonderful. And, but you know, she didn't start out all that wonderful. She was from the wrong side of the tracks, as we say. Um, she was a, a, not a, an Israel, an Israelite. She was a Moabite, uh, pagan female, which, you know, that's a lot of strikes against you right there. And then, um, she was dealing with, uh, Naomi who declared herself bitter. She said, call me Mara, which means bitter. So, you know, she was a grieving woman and, I think it's interesting. Nobody called her that. They all called her Naomi from then on, but she was going through a hardship. She was going through a really, uh, you can imagine your, uh, husband and both sons killed. Uh, so they, you know, they started out kind of in a really bad situation here and came to, uh, came to a wonderful place and position in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Because, uh, of this, this, uh, connection with Boaz, with Obed, and then of course Obed was, uh, father, was the father of Jesse and father of David and the ancestor, verse 17 says, of Jesus Christ. So we don't have to have all of our everything set before God can move in our life. I think what we should let God move in our life and set everything up is what we should do. Um, instead of thinking, well, I'm not good enough or I have, I'm undeserving or I haven't, you know, been what I need to be. And, um, you know, I come from a poor family or I come from an educated family. Um, you know, maybe you haven't been a Christian very long. All those things can, you know, try to distract us from receiving God's most excellent and best. And he doesn't care about your background. He doesn't care what you've done in the past. Um, he didn't care that Ruth was not uh, in covenant before. He, on, he only cares about what you're doing right now. Hallelujah. And your decisions and your choices right now. And he said, I put before you life and death. Choose life. Get on the right track right this moment by choosing God, choosing life, and then let him work and do wonderful things in your life to manifest provision, to manifest position. And um, I believe that he wants to do it. He really desires, the Bible says, wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. So allow him to work in you today. And um, before we go, I'm going to pray. I uh, felt feel led to pray a couple of things for you. But um, one of them is if you desire to have a child, I believe that God will work in your physical body or work in your husband's body. And um, then some things about prosperity and abundance. Let's Let's be open-minded to God's abundant provision. Let's not close ourselves down and say, well, you know, doctors and lawyers can have money, but 
I'm just a school teacher or I'm just a, you know, plumber's wife or I don't know what, you know, it doesn't matter. God's bigger than any of that. And he can bless you no matter what your we call fixed income is. It doesn't have to be fixed. He can fix it in a beautiful way and make it abundant. Um, so let's trust in him today for financial provision. And maybe you're facing a lot of uh, debt and you're some struggling with uh, mortgage payments or credit card debt or whatever could be, you know, just hanging heavy over your head. Let's pray about that, too. Father, I just thank you today that your will is for us to walk in freedom. You said to come to Jesus and that his burden is light and easy and um, that he gives us rest. So I thank you, Father, that we can rest in the Lord today. And if we are uh, challenged with hardships like Ruth was, we just choose you. We choose you like she chose you. And we rely upon you to bring your will it to pass in our lives. And Father, I, I do pray right now for women that are not able to conceive. And we just read here in the word that you caused Ruth to conceive. And we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that the desire of their heart comes to pass and the baby is born. And we thank you for that, Lord. And I pray, Father, for those struggling financially, your will is always to meet the needs of your people. And you said, you are our shepherd. We shall not want. We shall not be in need. So I speak to all those needs, all those concerns, all those struggles, even debt in Jesus' name. And I command every need to be met. I thank you for debts paid off quickly now in Jesus' name. Our debts even canceled. In Jesus name. And I thank you, Father, for great and abundant provision. And we trust in you for it. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so glad that uh, again, that you've listened to this podcast. And I believe next time we'll have some more interviews with some women of substance that will encourage and inspire you. And uh, my desire is to empower you. And I hope that by listening, and meditating on these things you heard today, that you'll be empowered. God bless you. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter, and we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles, and then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We pastor a local church here. Uh, But we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So, uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.